Your website is the front door of your business, but the way teams build and optimize is broken. Stuck between inflexible templates and cumbersome codependent solutions, there's a better, faster way. Enter Webflow, a visual-first platform that empowers you to create freely. Now you can ship web pages in weeks instead of months and save millions in development costs. These are the real results for companies like Orange Theory, Dropbox, and IDEO. Get started today at webflow.com. Webflow, more than a website builder. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Today, I have another treat for you, and this one is very near and dear to my heart. It is with my good friend, Musa Tariq where we actually got together on the main stage at Brand Week a few weeks ago to present this session. And what was interesting about this session and why I chose to share it with you here on CMO Moves is we decided to follow up from the last point in time that Musa was on CMO Moves, which was June of 2018. And many of you have probably heard that episode. It happened to be uh, one of the most popular episodes ever of CMO Moves uh, because it was a very unique point in time in his life where he was in transition. He was the youngest ever chief brand officer of Ford, and he had left Ford and had forced himself to take six months off to explore the world, to really figure out what was he going to do next and why. So this session we called Finding Your Personal North Star, which is a lot different from the last episode, which we called Reflection, Learning, and Mining the White Space. And what Musa really wanted to share with everyone in the audience that day was what it was like to go through this process and the tips that he learned along the way that might be helpful to them as they're contemplating perhaps what to do next in their own careers. The feedback we got that day was amazing. And yes, he did wear incredible shoes. Uh, So we had a lot of posts about his hot kicks, but the big takeaway was how he truly reached the folks in the audience with his candid and honest feedback from his own experience. So with that, please enjoy this very special episode of See Above Moves. Well, hi everyone, how you feeling? All right, excellent, because uh, we're very excited to be here. Yes. I think you are. I am, super Okay, to be. excellent. We do have some thoughts about what we want to talk about today, and um, I'm honored, first of all, to have this opportunity to do this with you, because I think it's a very important topic, and it's about finding your personal North Star. For those of you who know me or Musa or anything about CMO Moves, it's about real journeys. It's about real challenges. It's about how to overcome boundaries in your life. And we all struggle in our careers. Let's face it, it's hard. Actually, it's a bullet. Life is hard, it's okay. The one underneath it says, does everything suck? Yeah. So we're gonna talk about that, is that all right? Yeah. Okay, cool, so show of hands. How many people have heard Moose's podcast with me 
last year was June 3rd, 2018. Okay, good, yes. Quite a few. I'm not surprised. It was extremely popular. And it was popular because it was the very first of its kind in that you were in transition, you were not in any role at that time, you had left Ford, you were the youngest ever chief brand officer at Ford, and you decided to go on a mission to find your North Star. Mm -hmm. And I remember you were also the first person to really beat me up about audio quality. Yes. So I had to take you to a professional studio. Everyone hates bad podcast audio quality. But the headphones weighed more than my head, yeah, I know and I was very uncomfortable, but, and so were you for that matter. Um, but uh, the, the quality was dramatically better, I will say. Um, but uh, yeah, we just had to talk about life. Yeah. And I got to hear about your journey and all the cool companies you'd been at, and that you were still seeking something, you were missing something. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to that moment, and then tell us a little bit about what happened next. Yeah, sure. Um, so. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for uh, staying to hear us speak. I know you're probably here for the person straight after me. Uh, Nadine, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, it was a really interesting time for me. I basically joined Ford as their chief brand officer. Um, had a very good job at Apple. I was enjoyed and uh, was loving. And this opportunity came along. A headhunter called and said, hey, do you want to move to Detroit? And I have to admit, he started with a really bad opener, and I said no immediately, <laughs> um, and then said it was the chief brand officer role at Ford. And to be honest, Ford is such an iconic company, and to be chief brand officer of a company of that size sounded amazing, and I went through the interview processes, met some great people, fell in love with that company. But probably about six months in, there was a big leadership change, and I realized the culture wasn't for me. And that's a really hard thing to establish once you've you know, picked up and left a great job, moved across the country, and are in a new job. And for six months, it took quite a while to really think about what I should do. Should I sit there, stay there for as long as I can? But there was a, a bit of advice I was given when I was about 20 years old that I've stayed very true to which was do something you love in life and you'll do well in it. Mm. And that to me was really important because I think given how often we go to work, given how many hours we spend there, fundamentally, if you enjoy what you're doing, it doesn't seem like work and you actually do better. It's something that I look for in every single person on my team. Like if they're really enjoying my, themselves, mm -hmm. they do the best work. And so I realized that I just wasn't enjoying myself. The culture wasn't right. And you know, I handed in my resignation and I decided to take six months off. And that was a really crazy decision. I asked my wife, I was like, listen, I'm not gonna do anything for six months and I'm gonna really force myself to take this time off. And that's a privilege I really appreciate. It's much cheaper to live in Detroit than it is anywhere else. So <laughs> you, if you ever need to take six months off, the middle of nowhere, Michigan is a great place to do it. Um, <laughs> and during that time, I spoke to a ton of people but there was a bit of advice I was given um, very early on uh, while going through that transition, which was to find the white space and really think that through. Because as soon as I came out, I started thinking about marketing jobs. And I was being like, right, I've been in marketing my whole entire life. Let's just look for marketing jobs. And someone gave me this analogy about finding your white space. So he was in my office, and there was a big whiteboard 
and on that whiteboard, he drew a little tiny black dot. And he said, if I tell you to write about this whiteboard, what are you going to write about? And naturally, you're going to write about the black dot. And he said, but what about the 99% of white space around it? And I think when we make decisions in life, often we focus on that black dot, right? What we know is where we're going to go, right? And that to me was really eye-opening because I was like, for a minute, thought, hold on a second, yes, marketing is the path I've chosen for so long, but is it where I want to go? And so I took the time to explore what was in the white space. And to be honest, we have so much choice in our lives today. Um, any one of us can go off and do something completely different. Mm -hmm. uh, the sharing economy has created jobs where if you really wanted to be an Uber driver, you could be an Uber driver. If you wanted to go off to Bali and do something, you could do that. And like, I just had so much choice around me. So what I did was think about every single bit of white space and I had a list of you know, 10 things I thought could be interesting. Um, one of them was actually to own a farm, believe it or not. One was to own my own ad agency. One was to start um, uh, my own brand and a lot of different things. And I took a single day with each one of these ideas. And I realized that in every single one of them, apart from marketing, I couldn't put down on paper why what I was going to do was better than what was there already. And so I came back to this idea that the only space that I knew how to invent and push forward was in marketing. And that gave me clarity on, right, just dismissing ideas. It wasn't about thinking about those ideas. It was about dismissing ideas to make myself a lot more focused. And that was the first thing. And then the second thing was to find my North Star. And this one's a real interesting one for me and one I talk quite a lot about, which is finding your North Star. And the analogy or story I give is a simple one. Is that if I gave you keys to a Ferrari right now and you got into that Ferrari and I said, listen, take the keys, just drive. Whether or not you like cars or not, you get into that car and you feel really good. The engine, the noise, the seat, and you drive. And depending on who you are, you call me up after a certain amount of time. 30 minutes, 40 minutes, two hours. And you say, Musa, where am I going? And I'm like, you just keep driving. Just keep driving. Maybe three hours in, you've been smart enough to kind of drive around. You obviously don't want to go too far because you know you need to bring the car back at some point. But you get frustrated. So you actually just bring the car back. Come and find me and then give me the keys. And I'm like, how was that experience? And you say, yeah, it was really cool, had really fun. But you didn't really have the best three hours. You may have had an amazing hour to begin with, but then it got dragged on. Versus if I gave you those same keys and said, hey, can you meet me in LA? And you got into the car and you drove directly to LA. And you met me in LA and gave me the keys. On the way, you might have stopped off at Popeye's to get a chicken sandwich. <laughs> like I did earlier on. Um, <laughs> you might have you know, taken a detour past you know, the sea and the ocean, music down, but you got to LA. And, and in both those instances, you're still in one of the most amazing cars. But in one instance, you knew where you were going, and the other, you got frustrated. And I, I think that so many of us find ourselves in situations on a regular basis where we know we're in amazing companies. People keep telling us we've got amazing jobs, but we feel frustrated. And the way I now look at this is that every single day I go into work, I think about the fact that, like, does being here another day get me closer to my North Star? 
And as long as that is the case, I will be there. Mm -hmm. um, and that makes so much other stuff disappear, the politics, the bureaucracy, the fact that stuff is really hard to do. All of a sudden, I'm like, well, these things will come and go. But at the end, you have a North Star, and you, you, you try and get to it. And I, I think, the, for me, the challenge and, and the advice I give everyone is to make sure that that North Star is really hard, really, really difficult. Because if it's something that you can see, you tend to kind of go, all right, I'll, I'll get to it later, or I can do that. But really, really think big. Um, and that really helped guide me into kind of taking the job I have now. Yeah. So I'm dying to know, like, if, if you can articulate it, like, you figured out that it's marketing that you want to yeah. be in, but what is that North Star for you? Yeah. Um, so when I was 21, maybe I was, I was lucky and fortunate enough to know that become, like, running marketing was my North Star. Um, when I got there and I started thinking about what I wanted to do next as my North Star, the immediate instinct was to go to job titles. And so it was well, CEO, uh, do I run, run my own company? And it, it just didn't feel right. It wasn't helping guide me in the right direction. And a friend of mine said, right, when you were 21 and you wanted to be CMO, how big a deal was that? Mm -hmm. And I was like, it was close to impossible. At 21, I didn't know anyone in marketing or advertising. Um, social media just about existed and Facebook existed, but it connected you with friends, people at university. There was no brand week. There was no way to get information on marketing. And so it was a difficult thing. And so she challenged me and said, right, what is as difficult as that to you today now? Um, and I really thought about all the things that I care about. And for me, it was education. And thinking about education for people with the right brains. Because I was always at school, and the education system is very much built for left-brain individuals. It's great if you have a great memory. But if you're someone who kind of sees things slightly differently, um, it, it's tough. Mm -hmm. It's challenging. Um, and so I wanted to think about education in a different way. And so I was speaking to a bunch of people. And I had this opportunity where I met Brian, uh, who's our CEO at Airbnb and founder. He told me about this thing called Airbnb Experiences. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that sounds super exciting. Do you mind if I take some time off to go and do it? Right? Mm -hmm. Go and live the product and understand what I'm selling. And I very quickly went and did a paper marbling class in Portland, Oregon. I did a pottery class in San Francisco. And I did a dumpling class in uh, Detroit. And the interesting thing about each one of them was I spent two hours doing them. But in each instance, I felt like I was a better person. And so in Portland, Oregon, when I went and did paper marbling, I actually don't even remember the act of paper marbling. But I do remember the two other guests who were there from Baltimore who were tattoo artists. And we spoke for the whole experience all about the state of America, what it's like living in Baltimore, what it's like to own a tattoo parlor. Fascinating. In San Francisco, I spent uh, two hours with my wife learning how to do clay pottery making. And it was the first time I've actually made something with my hands since primary school. And in Detroit, when I was learning how to make paper dumplings, the host taught me more about Detroit in two hours than I knew in the two years I'd been there. 
And so in each instance, I felt like I was a better person. And, and, and listen, I love watching Netflix and Hulu. I love, <laughs> I love playing PlayStation for two hours, but I never leave feeling like I'm a better person. And every experience was like, wow, this makes me better. And then I could see the, the path to education. I could see the path to the fact that in each instance, I learned something and was learning in a way that I appreciated. Mm -hmm. And so you know, I went to Brian and said, listen, this is amazing. I want this job. I'll do whatever it takes. And I see a path to the fact that you know, one day this could really be something massive. Um, and so yeah, that's how I decided, because education is something I want to solve. This is a great way of learning how to get there. Wow, amazing. So what's interesting, and maybe you've already thought about this, but it's, it's interesting how you take life always as an experience. And you've done that from the beginning, because I remember when you were job searching and you took that six months off, like you didn't just go and sit in a room and say, I wonder what it would be like. Like you signed up and went to multiple companies yeah. everywhere and, and signed up to be an intern. Yeah. Right? Tell us about that a little bit and then I'm going to come back to the yeah. Airbnb. I, I think that when you're going through that interview process, people will always ask you about your background, right? The number one question that people ask in an interview is the number one question you prepare least for when you're in an interview, which is, tell me about yourself. We all think we know the answer to that question, and if I asked every single one of you, you could probably tell me your story. But it's the thing that, in my opinion, is most important in an interview, and yet the thing that we prepare the least for. We'll Google that company, we'll Google the person who's interviewing us, we'll learn everything about them, but we'll never take the minute to go, right, let's take a piece of paper and talk about the story I want to tell. Because every single one of us can tell a story, but are you hitting on the points that matter to you? And so for me, I started thinking about every single moment in my life as a chapter. And um, it sounds incredibly strategic, and it genuinely is, but, and I encourage you to do the same thing because it, there's nothing wrong with it. But I, I looked at every single path and moment in my career as a chapter and said, right, what is the story I'm going to tell in this chapter? Mm -hmm. And I realized that I was going to take six months off and people were going to ask me, Musa, what did you do in the six months? And um, other than I, ha having a lot of fun in Michigan um, with big rubber ducks, it's a different story altogether. <laughs> I, different show. Yeah, um, uh, different show. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to be able to say I did something interesting. And as I was exploring this opportunity, I reached out to a ton of people and said, can I shadow you for a day? Um, I worked in a fishmonger in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I spent time with Emily at Glossier. I spent a lot of time at a lot of different companies just learning, listening, became advisor at a couple of companies as a result of the work experience I was doing there. And then secondly, challenged myself to mentor a thousand people during the six months, which I, which I did. And, and, and then that was like very clear when someone said, what did you do in the last six months? Well, I did a lot of internships and I mentored people. And it didn't take up the whole six months to do that, but it was a part of the story and the chapter um, that I could tell. Yeah, I wish we had a camera shadowing you through that adventure because that Ugh, sounds like a whole nother. Being on camera, I'm, I know. I know there's a big screen behind me, and I'm just I know. There's, out. I know. I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. So you you said to me yesterday, somebody came up to you and asked you, like, how have you been? And your answer was, oh, it's it's just been hard. And then a light bulb went off for you. What was that? Yeah. Um, Two years ago, I stopped using the word busy. People always ask, hey, how are you? And I used to say busy. Mm. And I realized that was such a shitty answer. Um, 
<laughs> because it was just a way of just ending a conversation quickly. And who isn't busy in the world? Um, to think I used to stay busy before I had a child is crazy. Uh, now, now I really understand what busy means. But like, I used to stay busy, and it used to just, like, everyone can say that. And I realized it was closing conversations. And, and the other day, someone, when I first got here, asked me how I was. And I said, I said life is really hard right now. And she immediately was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And, I was, and, and for a second, that felt really wrong, because I'm actually really happy. Um, and a light bulb went off where I was like, actually, this isn't, this isn't hard in the sad sense. Mm -hmm. um, this is hard in the sense that I might be running a marathon. I might be 20 miles in. I've met, never run a marathon before, but I know I've trained up to this moment. And I know that once I cross that line, it's going to feel really amazing. But I'm just at the hard bit right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's okay. I think we don't talk enough about, like, we're either good or bad. Mm -hmm. we, we never feel like it's okay to be okay, right? So the, the biggest issues that people on my team or people I've mentored before talk to me about their, their review at the end of the year. And I'm like, how was it? And they're like, oh, it wasn't great. And then they talk me through it. And I was like, okay, it wasn't necessarily that you blew away everyone, you got like five star ratings and exceeded all expectations. But guess what, you, you did okay. And you can't push yourself to be exceeding expectations every year. It is okay to have an okay year. And it's okay to feel that life is hard. Um, and it's okay for us to celebrate other people feeling that life is hard as well. And that, that to me is like, uh, it was a light bulb moment just, just a couple of days ago to go, yeah. Life is hard. Who, who feels that life is hard right now? Yeah. And guess what? If it wasn't hard, would you be bored? Like, would you like, not be achieving what you're trying to achieve? And, and you know what? Some of us will fail. I might not finish the marathon, um, but I'm going to try as hard as I can to get there. And, and, and that's hard and that's okay. Wow. I, w I would be feeling that way probably at mile one, not 20, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God. So fascinating story, and you've given us so much to think about, um, but this is really about career building advice, and so I'm gonna ask you for even more because it's, it's so good. So what is the one bit of career advice that you would, you've given us a lot, but if, if people walk out of this room, what do you want them to, to take with them? Okay. If your boss comes to you and asks you to do a project, what is the first thing that you're expected to return back to that person? Can anyone shout out? Anyone feel brave? Yeah. A, plan. a plan. There you go. Thank you. Um, a plan. And guess what? You can't do anything until you present a plan. Mm -hmm. And part of that plan is what the problem is, what you're trying to achieve, how you're going to do it, and how you measure success. Yet. And by the way, like I had never done this. Um, how many of you have put down on a blank piece of paper the plan for your life? Like three of you, four of you. Um, it, that's, that's what I get in every room that I ask this question to. Um, we never sit down and take the moment to put out a plan for our own life. Mm -hmm. And I think there's nothing wrong with letting life take you on its journey. I do believe that everything happens for a reason. 
But at the same time, I also feel that you need to be responsible for your own life, just like you are responsible for great brands, companies, work, and, and hold yourself accountable to them. And listen, my, it's not like I've got this amazing 20-page keynote presentation that explains everything I'm going to do in my life. I have a, 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 a blank piece of paper that has scribbles all over it, and I've crossed things out, and I've put things down on it. But at the same time, it has given me so much security and safety, knowing that like, I'm not making decisions on the fly, mm -hmm. knowing that I'm not making decisions for the sake of it because someone told me that this was the best offer and I'm going to make decisions more wisely. And I think knowing that, that I have a plan in place, totally flexible, might change completely. But that helps guide me along the way has made my life easier. So the advice I have for everyone, in fact, is, is take that time, be it on the plane back, um, be it one day at work that you just want to take off or on a weekend, sit down with a piece of paper and write down a plan for your life. And I tell you something, it is so hard. You will put it off. You will put it off for as long as you can because um, it's easy to put it off because it's like starting a novel. That first thing that you put down, like if you don't feel it's perfect, you don't do it. And, and I think that's the advice I'd give you is start writing stuff down. Start putting that plan into place, just like you would a plan for work. Um, and different people will use different methods and so on. Mine's just literally a list of things that are important to me. And it has my North Star written on it and things that I value. Um, and that's it. And, and those things really help guide me. So it's not a complicated bit of advice. Um, just do what you would do if you, you were putting together a plan for a business or a project, but just do it for yourself. Yeah, well, great advice. And <clears throat> with all your experiences, and you've had many, clearly, and with Airbnb, you're designing all these new great experiences and really thinking about what the future will look like. What is exciting to you about the future? What excites me about the future is two things. Our industry excites me, because I think our industry is in complete flux right now. Um, if you ask anyone in marketing, uh, anyone in brand, anyone in the agency side, like how they're structured, what their role is, what the role of marketing is, what the role of advertising is, every single person will give you a different answer. Mm -hmm. And um, that's okay. But it's really hard. You know, if you ask anyone in the finance department what their job is, they will tell you. If you ask anyone in the legal department they, what their job is, they will tell you. Mm -hmm. Marketing and communication and agency world and creative world has become so complex. And I think we are figuring it out. But I think that everyone has a say in that. And everyone has a chance to shape what that looks like. And I think there are people who are doing some amazing work out there, there are some people that are obvious in the types of work they're doing. Like I was looking at the hymns people earlier on, like they're talking about erectile dysfunction <laughs> and yet making it like something that is like smart, intelligent and beautiful and creative to think about. And like they're solving that through creative issues. Uh, so like you've got like people doing some incredible work with creativity. You've got people talking about us from a metrics and data point of view. Like there is so much that's happening in this industry right now. Um, 
and I just think it's up for grabs. Like, I think it's up for people to try and take things on in a new way. And the innovation that is coming from younger people coming into this industry and the creativity that is coming. There's many issues and many problems with social media, particularly when it comes to young people. But the best thing that it's done is allowed people to have an opportunity to be creative. Like, if you look at the creative talent on TikTok, for example, it is, it is phenomenal. And I hope that people feel like they can continue to create because that's the biggest challenge in the education system is you stop creating. Once you get to your, like, in, in the UK, your A-levels, you've already decided what your courses are and how many people choose to have an arts, like, uh, A-level in there as well as a business one. You go into one route and that's it. And then when you're not doing art anymore or drama or theatre, you kind of stop doing that. But I really hope people continue to be creative. And I think that we need that creativity to come through into our industry. And, you know, for me, an idea comes from anyone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I look for so many people on my team to, to come up with ideas and, and people around the world. Yeah. So. Wonderful. The creator revolution is upon us, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here and for being mm -hmm. so open, sharing your story. Was that helpful? Yeah. yeah. Great. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, I would love your help in sharing CMO Moves with one of your friends or colleagues who you think might enjoy it too. And if you have time, I would really love your review or ratings on Apple or SoundCloud. So thanks again and have a great day.